Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're joining from. My name is Toyin Yumasiri, and today I have an honorable guest joining me today. His name is Professor Joseph Mbele, and this is his book called Africans and Americans Embracing Cultural Differences. I'm super excited to bring him on. Such an honor, Professor. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Oh, I'm I'm super excited. I got your book and thank you for sending it out. I read it and I feel like today is going to be a therapy session. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so neat. Oh. You, you know why? Yeah. Because I don't think we Africans, I don't think we've created spaces yeah. to talk about, um, you know, our own side of the whole story. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. That's very true. Other people have written about us. It is yes. we wrote about ourselves. Yes, and, and also that we create space yeah. to talk about our reality and how we see and perceive the world. Exactly. That's the thing. That's Which the is thing. what your book has done. That's so I want people to go get the book. It's Africans and, let me make sure I get it right, Africans and Americans Embracing Cultural Differences. So let me officially introduce you. Oh, thank okay? you. Um, so, um, in addition to be a professor at St. Olaf um, College, you actually also run a consultancy called um, AfriConnection Cultural Consultants. Yes. And you work with um, universities and colleges and students and businesses for cultural exchanges, right? That's how I understand it. Exactly, exactly. Fine. Mm -hmm. So, you were born and raised in Tanzania. Yes. And educated at the University of Dar es Salaam. Yes. And Wisconsin Madison. Yes. You teach, um, you've taught before at the University of Dar es Salaam. Yes. And over the last 30 years, ah, such an honor, sir. <laughs> and um, currently you teach at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. And you teach literature and folklore. And you've published widely in, in those fields. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Such an honor. And your book, <laughs> you are also very humorous, like you're funny. Like, I love it. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad, you know, all the Africans who read it like it very much for the same reason. <laughs> and I'm surprised because um, I'm East African, I'm Tanzanian. I've never been to West Africa and places like that. But they all say, oh, you're writing about us. Yes. And yes. Uh, they have been very generous with their comments. Yes. Um, that's, that struck me as well in terms of what you shared in your book as cultural, you know, in terms of older people, um, you know, having age being a factor in terms yeah. of, <laughs> you I, know, it's the same. Even yeah. in West Africa, I'm originally yeah. from Nigeria. I'm a Nigerian-American. Yes, and the thing is, I'm very lucky, um, as you said at the beginning, I teach literatures and folklore, and this includes a lot of African literature. So I understand the African values through reading novels and plays and poems. And also when we talk about folklore, we're talking about traditional stories and myths, legends, folk tales, proverbs, I understand the Nigerians, I understand the Senegalese, I understand the Zimbabweans through these kinds of, you know, um, explorations. 
Yes. And yeah. also, also what made me really um part of also what made me laugh, you covered in your book, um, you covered how we also perceive the world in terms of, uh, for example, coming into the U.S. as a student. I came in here for my graduate program in Michigan um, mm -hmm. about 14, no, 16, 16 years ago. So yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Like some of the things you talked about. Let me let me share one of my own experiences um, in trying to describe how cold Michigan was. The way I when I picked up the phone and trying to call back home and say, I said it's like a deep freezer. <laughs> it's like, you know, I was like, how do you even describe the cold of Michigan to, to exactly. people back home where yeah. the weather is on the equator, yeah. it's so warm? I was like, yeah. you know, you know, you know what? Yeah. It's like when you open a deep freezer. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I tell people in Tanzania also. I use the example of a deep freezer because otherwise, <laughs> how do you describe the world? Below zero. <laughs> it's and below you, the freezing point. Yes, and you tell them the whole landscape, mm. you step out of your house, it's like you are in a deep freezer. Yes. It's the only way to describe it. Otherwise, how do they understand? Exactly. And I, in Lagos, Dar es Salaam, how do they understand? How do they understand? Yeah. Oh, I tell you, when I was reading the book, um, another one that caught my attention was you know, this whole idea that um, even in Africa, there's this um, misbelief that every um, every white or every Caucasian person is rich, yes. is rich and intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. Oh, Lord. I was reading your book. I was laughing. I was like, yeah, no, you've not seen, you've not seen it. You've not seen it. But, but that's really, when you think about it, yeah, it's yeah. the story. Yeah. It's the story yeah. that's permeated. Yeah. yeah, you know, while while a lot of people think, okay, everybody's rich in America, everybody's wealthy, but the reverse is unfortunately true. Yeah. Where they think all Africans are poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I say in one of the last pages, uh, ordinary Africans they are very rural. They work mm -hmm. in the fields, and so. You know, you see them wearing these clothes which are tattered. They don't have mm. shoes because of the nature of the work they do. Mm -hmm. But Westerners will take pictures of those villagers and then promote the image. Oh, look at these people. They are so poor. They don't even have shoes. Look at those kids. And I talk about this, you know. It's, it's you misperceptions. Know. Yeah, people, people, people keep their clothes for special occasions see them at weddings for example Ex oh have you gone to yeah. nigerian wedding before exactly oh exactly. my goodness see them at weddings see them at church or in the mosque you know on friday then you will see a very different picture exactly and and that's really true i think it's just the way the world wants to see others and the way the world, the world you know, others want to see themselves. We always want to put other people down yeah. Yeah. and we want to misrepresent yeah. and say, we are, we yeah. are X, Y, Z. And yeah. I think that's just... Yeah. And that's why we need to write about ourselves. And um, when Americans see what I say, it opens their minds, you know, because suddenly they see Africa from the perspective of an African. Mm. So the funny thing is, it's the same African who sees America 
from the perspective of an African. And the Americans are like, oh my God, we wow. didn't imagine you know, people would see us this way. You wow. know? But they're also very happy that they get this dimension also. Wow. I think what people also don't talk about yeah. is what Africa has done for the world that's and a, continues yeah. to offer the world. That's a, that, that, that's a very big, big part of what I do when I teach African literature. And I think that's one thing I was looking forward to, talking about what Africa has accomplished and how it has helped to shape the world, even in business. And that was really why I was so happy uh, to be you know, invited to your show, because there is that dimension. Africa is the cradle of the human race. Humans evolved there. And so they built all these things we are talking about, mm. you know, technology and language and uh, philosophy and storytelling, mm. literature, it all evolves there. Business, wow. and that's your field, you know? Yes. The Africans were trading, you know, thousands of years, you know, and you come to, say, the Middle Ages, they are trading across the Sahara, they built networks and you always talk about networks mm. they build the protocols the modalities of doing business so nowadays when people talk about all kinds of things including literature that's my field they just forget that it starts in africa with wow. the evolution of language you wow. know in fact i have a cap i didn't bring it it says make africa great again <laughs> yeah. I just forgot to bring it on the show. That would be really perfect. <laughs> that would be really, really perfect. Yeah. Give it the context of where the world and America is right now. Exactly. So, wow, that's incredible. So yeah. even, even okay, again, I need people to go get this book. Where is it available? Amazon. And there's a, there's a website where it is published, www.lulu. I mean, www. Period, Lulu period, and then com. Okay. Lulu, spell that. L-O-L-U-L-U. L-U-L-U. So www.lulu.com. Or just go to Amazon as well. Type his name, Professor Joseph Mbele, Africans and Americans Embracing Cultural Differences. And you cover a whole lot of topics. You cover different... It's fun. I just, I was just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> laughing. Thank you. it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, so I, even, yeah one, of, yeah, one of the things I did observe was that um, you try to make a distinction when you talk about America, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that you primarily you looked at it from the lens of whites. And then you, you uh, input in there African-Americans because uh, I, have some, I have some things that I would love to talk about within yes, that yes, context. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. To tell you frankly, I thought about these differences uh, within the American population. And uh, at the end of the day, I saw there are commonalities. And guess what? And when Americans go abroad, say, when you see them in Africa, whether they are bl uh, black American, white American, any American, uh, that's where they discover they are American. Mm. The great American writer, African American writer, James Baldwin. Mm. There's a very famous African 
American writer, James Baldwin. He, has, he went out of the USA because he was tired of all the racism and all this. He went to France. He lived there for many years. And he wrote a very powerful essay. I mean, he wrote many things. There's a powerful essay he wrote. It is titled, The Discovery of What It Means to Be American. Wow. And his point is this. Here in America, he knew as a black American, he was very different from white Americans, period. Mm. But being in France, he discovered he was American. He was an American in France. In not ways, he was not even different from the white American from Texas. Mm. That, that is his phrase. Wow. So your question is very important. But at the end of the day, Americans are American. American. I love that. Common, common values. I love that. I think where this kind of shifts for me is for Africans, first generation Africans, for yeah. example, coming into the US, particularly in your field, coming in as students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are more inclined, more often than not, to interact with white Americans than they do African Americans. The thing, it's a very strange phenomenon. Very strange, right? It's a very strange phenomenon, and I've thought about it. And uh, uh, I mean, you see it everywhere. I studied at the University of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah, I have my opinions. Do you want to hear my opinions? Uh -huh. <laughs> so part of it, yeah. I think, has to do with generosity. Uh -huh. What I have found uh -huh. in terms of when uh, first-generation Africans come into the U.S., there's a general side of white Americans that embraces the phenomenon that they need to be welcomed, there needs to be some level of hospitality towards foreigners. I think so, too. Right? Because so I have very kind, yeah. very warm memories yeah. Yeah. of the, yeah. the, the Americans in this point in time, the white Americans in middle of nowhere, Mount Pleasant, yeah. that took me in, that, that um, looked out for us yeah. and treated us with such great hospitality, recognizing yeah. Yeah. the challenges of transition for yeah. Africans. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that yeah. frame of mind. Yeah, yeah. And that um, relationship yes. is missing on the side of yeah. the African-Americans yeah. towards African. I like to say, okay, Africans and African-Americans relationship can be divided yeah. into two. Uh -huh. Before Black Panther movie and after uh -huh. Black Panther movie. Oh, I see. <laughs> It's my attempt to, to freeze it. Like you, 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 you're familiar with Black Panther, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched it. I've watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, to build on the point you were raising, I also felt, as a graduate student in Madison, Wisconsin, and I've thought about it. You know how many times mm. these Americans, these white Americans, would ask us. You know, what do you think about our country? Mm. They are very conscious that uh, you are a foreigner and uh, they would like to project exactly what you have described here. Uh, generosity and welcoming. Hospitality. So a country, you know, with good impressions of the U.S. What do you think about our country? 
Yes. This question they kept asking all the time. It seemed like they're very sensitive. Yes, and, and rightly mm -hmm. so, because we Africans do something similar when we welcome people into our homes back uh -huh. home in Africa. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this, um, I think the only word I can say is hospitality, uh -huh. right? Even because back home in Africa too, when, yeah. a, when, when a guest comes into your house and knocks on the house, on the door, your parents would, we will all be trying to project the best side of us, right? Yeah. Okay, you yeah. get him this. What does he need? Like, yeah. oh, are you okay, right? Oh, yeah. do you need anything? Can yeah. we do anything else for you? Are you good? Yeah. Are you good? Because that's, that's, that's really back to the foundation of hospitality, which a lot of people have missed, right? It is. It is. Right? So it's, it's hospitality. There's really no yeah. way, no other way to describe it, which is yeah. part of our common humanity yeah. is yeah. that when we when we engage with other people, yeah. we're supposed to be kind, yeah, yeah, we're supposed yeah. to be generous, yeah. we're supposed to be yeah. open, we're supposed yeah. to engage. Now, African students experience that from white Americans, but yeah. they do not experience that on the onset from yeah. African Americans. There's always this war. Now, the wall is a very good concept, you know, it's a very good concept and it's a very sad story. Um, sad story because Africans come here without the experience of racism. Back mm. in Nigeria, back in Cameroon, you know, the only white person they see there is maybe a Peace Corps volunteer mm. or a teacher or a missionary. Mm. They do not no racism. There's no consciousness of it. And so they come here, you know, um, without naive, the, without the, naive, right? And because of that, um, they meet the African Americans who have a very different experience. Their experience with white people has been, as you know, so hard, so terrible, all the ways from slavery through civil rights, you know, and the racism that's going on. They have a very different mindset and that causes misunderstandings between Africans and African-Americans. It's very sad. And so one of the things I always tell people is this, Africans need to study the history of African-Americans. That's powerful. African-Americans need to study the history of, they need to discover there are these tremendous differences in wow. mindset, and outlook. You know, as much as I do, there's a lot of friction between Africans and African Americans. But it's 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 right now, in this moment, that's mm -hmm. what I mean by after Black Panther, it yeah, has yeah, opened yeah. it has opened um channels of communication. Amazing yeah, beautiful. So. I and I so. and I see we're we're being joined by viewers and their comments. Tama, Tama said, Oh wow, Toy. That's really sad. I'm very hospitable. I know, Tama, you're one in a billion. Oh. <laughs> Tama is one of our uh, my network members. She's absolutely gracious. Okay. But Tama, okay. I have to tell you, oh. you're not the norm. You are extremely, 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 like, you're amazing, right? And we need more people to to, to be, you have, you're a very generous person. And I really do appreciate you've extended that to a lot of the community members. And that's why you're building such a great relationship that helps you to be successful in business. But what myself and um, Professor Joseph Bella is talking about, we are generalizing in a way, yeah, yeah, right? We're yeah. generalizing, we're not looking at the, um, 
the, my, the smaller group in a set, we're saying the yes. majority of a certain yes. behaves in a certain way, correct? That's very true. We're trying to generalize, and frankly, frankly, it, we will never claim that every single African is this way, mm -hmm. every single American is this way. No, but it's important to know these general tendencies. General tendencies, absolutely. And, uh, and even for, you know, uh, the work you do, and that's how, you know, I view it now. Uh, when I talk about the need to understand, you know, the cultural differences, it's a very safe thing to have a general picture of, you know, this is how things go, you know, in Africa, or this is how things go in America. You don't assume that every American will, you know, um, manifest those characteristics. So your, your word generalizations, yes. generalizing is yes. very appropriate. Yes, I think because even in business, you have to understand the way the world works. That's true. And you have to put things in context. That's very true. And um, uh, that's what attracted me to uh, the show when you told me if, if I could come on. Because um, you're talking about Americans trading with Africans, doing business. And I'm like, this is great. And you have such a phenomenal you know, kind of um, uh, understanding of the dynamics of it. And um, the thing I'm interested in, again, because of my research and my consultancy work and all this is this, it is still a relationship between people. Mm -hmm. When this American goes to Lagos, Nigeria, it is very helpful that they know the sensibilities of those people there, you know, things they like and don't like, how they communicate, you know, their feelings. Uh, for example, how they communicate, how do they use language? Do they speak directly? Do mm. they get around the bush? <laughs> it's very African sometimes. Oh. Direct. Okay. Do, do they maintain eye contact? Oh, I have to confess. I have to confess. I have to confess to you, yeah. sir. I now my American side, there are some things that my African side does that I cannot stand anymore. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Those are the things. And so imagine you're a businessman, businesswoman in Kano in Nigeria, an American. Those things can hinder. Wow. Those things can disrupt. You know, those things can facilitate. Mm. Um, there are so many of them. There are so mm. many of them. And those are the things that, you know, um, people need to investigate. Yes. They need to investigate and be aware of and be sensitive to. You could ruin a relationship, a business relationship, because of your mannerisms. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This, what you just talked about, is hot yeah. topic in my world. Uh -huh. Because I have found myself spending more time coaching people. Yes, yes. Okay. So there's there are two sides to this coin. There is the American business leaders or in your case like you you have like faculty or students doing student exchange and yeah. visiting, right? But I also try to focus also on the Amer African side. Yeah. Learning as much as they can about not just America now, yeah. anywhere, any other place in the world they want to do business with. That is with. true, that is true. 
because Indians, Chinese, everybody, there's parts of us we, we, we should, should never be asked to change, but there are, there are rules of the game and rules yeah. of engagement that we need to be more calm, more self-aware, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. That if you want to do business with a Briton or a British person or an American, yeah, how you engage, how you connect. I mean, things as simple as, as yeah. the way we draft emails or the way we engage on social media. I strive to say, for example, I'm teaching a class this Friday on how to build a globally relevant brand and business. The world is super connected with internet. You can yeah. actually connect yeah. Yeah. anybody anywhere in the world but in order to be successful yes that's the thing. This the thing. What, yes how do you become successful yeah how to do it what you just talked about mannerism how you present yourself for example one of the things yeah. i've started sharing with people okay yeah. when people approach an investor it's so typical that they say oh i need a, i need an investor I, I want you to invest in me i'm like it's so common, people don't know that below the surface of that yeah. is actually like I'm asking for money, I'm begging uh -huh. for money. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. People don't know that that's where it's translated from the yeah. investor standpoint. Yeah. They're not looking to give their money away. Yeah. yeah. They will run away from you if you keep saying, I need an investor. And I ask people to now change their language too. Uh -huh. Why don't you say, I have an investment opportunity that I would like to share with you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can you give me a, a few minutes uh -huh. to present to you my investment opportunity? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Something as you know, something as small as that. Yeah. It, yeah. it shifts the conversation from your begging, yes, your yes. appealing. Yes. Because investors are looking for investment opportunities that gives them yeah. return on investment. Yeah. They're not looking for charity cases, right? Which yeah. I see in the context of Africa, yeah. how do we shift that conversation from aid, help Africa yeah. to trade yeah. with Africa? Yeah, I've noted this is a big emphasis in your lectures, and uh, you are so eloquent, you are so, you know, clear, you know, in making those uh, arguments. And um, I remember I saw one of your presentations, actually, yeah, it was a, pre and I commented on it. And I think that's how we got connected. Yeah. And I went on and on and on and on. Um, there was a point where you talked about the need to understand what you call the customer profile. Mm. That's the phrase that struck me. Mm. Because I was thinking now to myself, as a cultural consultant, how do I define customer profile? Mm. And so I'm looking at it this way. Say you are an American and you are trying to sell products to uh, people in northern Nigeria, or you're trying to sell uh, things to people in Somalia. Mm. Customer profile there means what is the culture in northern Nigeria? Yes. What's the culture in Somalia? Oh my gosh. You don't say you are a clothing, you know, um, you do clothing, you know, you, you trade, you know, in the textile, you know, industry and all this, and you are selling clothes. You don't sell skirts to Somalia. Mm. You need to know those are Muslims. Mm. Nobody's going to buy skirts. Mm. You, can, you can sell skirts in Michigan. Mm. You, can sell, you can sell your skirts in Tanzania. 
But if you are going into Somalia, you mm. just need to know what's your customer profile. I mean, what's, what are the customers like in Somalia? Mm. You don't sell pork. Mm. You, don't, you, you don't send meat to Somalia. Those are Muslims. They mm. only eat meat that is halal. Mm. You know, halal, you know. Yeah, yeah forbidden. Yeah. Exactly. So um, for me, for me, when you say the customer profile, I was looking into the details of the kinds of things that I talk about in my book, the tastes of those people, even how you package your product could actually, you know, facilitate or disrupt your, your business. Packaging, advertising, advertising. You mm. may create an advertising, you know, thing for Americans and it works perfectly, but if you translate it into, say, Hausa, it could it be something terrible. Yes. So wow. language becomes an issue too, language. Things can be lost in translation. You mentioned China. You mentioned China. Next week, we're talking about China, Africa. Yes. Exactly. Now, if you understand the culture of the Chinese, see, again, you make, you know, clothes and all this and hats and, you know, shirts and all kinds of things. You don't sell green hats to mm. the Chinese because nobody's going to buy a green hat. Wow. Just think about it. And I discovered this only a few months ago. Nobody is going to buy a green hat. Mm. Sell them all kinds of hats, different colors. Please don't sell them green. Why is that? Oh, Lord, it's a long story. <laughs> wearing, for a man wearing a green hat in China is wow. a race. You are telling wow. the world that um, your, your wife is unfaithful. Wow. That's, oh, my God. Hat. So you may ship thousands of green hats to Beijing and discover nobody's buying them. Mm -hmm. and uh, and then you ruin your reputation as a company Wow! because you sent green hats there so wow. these kinds of things and there's a point you raised about being subtle little things but the little things could be huge yes the reputation of a company could be ruined by such a mistake yes you know, and one little mistake that's it yeah. and, and that's, I think for me I come at this from that perspective because having worked for the world's largest company, there's a sensitivity towards yes. the nuances, the yes. nuances that I'm very aware of. And that's one of the reasons I, I tell people invest in coaching, invest. Like there are some things you will not learn in two, three, four, yes. five years. Yes. Yes. But if you want to be successful in business, yes, in doing something you've never done before, yeah. It's only wise. How I wish, you know, and, and the interesting thing is I did spend about two years before I, before I, I ventured out and resigned. Yeah. I spent about two years yeah. speaking and engaging with leaders, executives yeah. 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 around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around yeah. the world. Yeah. I, I, I spent time with advisors to presidents, economic, like, I was like, okay, this is what mm -hmm. I'm thinking about Africa. What have you done? And people tell it, started telling me stories about Chile. What did Chile did? Vietnam, uh -huh. Cambodia. Like people actually explained to me the economics of why Chile 
in the late 80s and early 90s, the Chicago boys, students of economics know this. Like, a, a, a vice president originally from Chile told me that. He explained uh, uh, uh -huh. So I spent about two years yeah. engaging global leaders and yeah. then yeah. their perspective shaped, yeah, yeah, yeah. shaped yeah. the work that I do. Yes, yes. But I see, sir, I see a whole lot of people running yeah. out there yeah. Talking about trade, but they've not invested the time to even study what they're talking about. Exactly. That, that's the problem. Exactly. And um, investing time to study the people you are going to deal with, investing time to actually understand yourself, you know, where you are coming from, um, so that you can actually relate better with the other people. Look, uh, one of the things that got me started thinking about business, you know, as a cultural consultant, you know, and I've started only a few months ago, by the way. And so I came to your show knowing I basically came to learn, also, but also maybe to begin to introduce this dimension, just to introduce it. And I think what we are doing today is just trying to raise a little awareness that here is something they need to be thinking about. Those yes. who want to trade between Africa America, Africa, and the rest of the world. And um, one of the things that got me started thinking about business and the cultural dimension is this. I was reading reports from Tanzania about, um, um, you know, uh, the Chamber of Commerce there, you know, I, I think it's called the American, Tanzanian American Chamber of Commerce. They had a meeting, exactly, they had a meeting and uh, what I found interesting was this, the Americans were there, you know, and they were talking to the Tanzanians and they were saying, you know, uh, Tanzanians, you know, we would like you to do this, we would like you to do this, we would like you to do this, you know, have rules in place which are consistent and flexible, I mean, uh, predictable, you know. <laughs> they, were, they were giving a whole list of things, you know, deadlines have to be kept, you know, um, I mean, fairness and all kinds of things. They had a whole list of things. And I was reading and I was reading and I was reading. And I even wrote a little paper on Medium. You know, there's this forum called yes. Medium. I was inspired by this because I thought, I, I told myself, look here, the Americans think that these things they've laid out are universal. And uh, I was looking at myself and saying, why don't the Africans stand up and actually say, mm. you know, in our continent, mm. we have thousands of years of uh, experience of doing business. Mm. We have developed our own protocols, mm. our own ways of doing things which are congruent with our culture. I mean, things like deadlines mm. and things <laughs> like reading between the lines, read the fine print, how do you talk about this to Africans who are that's very used to an oral culture? And a lot of flexibility in Africa, by the way. Oh, a yes. lot of flexibility. You know, people will come, people will say, we'll come at nine o'clock. Oh, we'll actually look at the clock and oh my gosh. When the Africans say this, there's flexibility. There are some other things that can happen to prevent them from coming at nine o'clock. Mm. You are going to the meeting and you meet your mother-in-law mm. way. And I say this in my book. This is an African going to a meeting 
say from Kaduna to Lagos, and their mother-in-law lives somewhere, you know, between those two points. Yeah. They're not just, just going to drive through, you know. You yeah. stop at your mother-in-law's village. Mm -hmm. With yam. Yes. Yam and plantain. They will kill, you know, some chicken, you know. With <laughs> 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 the meeting in Lagos, but yeah, this, is in -law. this is my mother-in-law. So Americans need to know this yeah. guy is coming to Lagos, but his mother-in-law is somewhere along the way. Yeah, and I think, yeah. This knowledge, mm. don't think about deadlines, don't think about, you know, punctuality in a very strict Western sense. There's flexibility in Africa. Because well, that is yeah. human relations. Mm, human relations. You come first. Mm. If you're an American trying to do business with Africans, you really need to pay attention to these things and find a way to accommodate. Yeah. Well, this is this is where I I strike a balance. Okay. That's the word. Okay. That's the balance the is like you, you talked about in your book. The way after my conclusion was we know how it is today. Okay. Yeah. How cultures are today. Yes. For me, though, there's an ideal. There's an ideal on both sides. On both sides, yeah. So the Africans have to step up their game. Exactly. America, exactly. So, so there are adjustments that has to happen on both sides. On both sides. One of it on the African side. Let me just talk about COVID-19. We talk about punctuality. You talked about traveling from Kano to Lagos and the person had, you know, their in-law, right? One of Just yesterday, I was talking to a government official. I won't name the country. And I told him, we were laughing. I laugh a lot. They're not funny. And I told him, I said, okay, good for you guys now. COVID-19 is here. You no longer have the opportunity to tell somebody to stay in, to come to your office and sit down there for three hours before they meet you. Uh -huh. Nobody's uh -huh. doing that anymore. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Right? Disruption. Uh -huh. Where we know, yeah, a lot of people know yeah. that do business in certain quarters yeah. on the continent, yeah. time, you have to be ready to waste your time. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's not okay. Yeah, yeah. It's no longer yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It's no longer okay. Those are the those are the tough conversations. Like yeah. if you're in the village and you want to do that, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You want to engage with yeah. regional and global trade. Yeah. That's not yeah. happening. Yeah. Another another thing I do, even in my coaching, okay. Yeah. There were some groups. I'm, I'm there are so many things I do privately. I try not to share, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, we are yeah. being very direct. Let me share one. Yeah. Um, you know. A lot of Africans run on WhatsApp groups, right? WhatsApp groups. Yes, like yes, yes. WhatsApp because of internet connectivity and all of that. Yeah. And there are so many of those groups that I pull myself out. I I can't, this is my American side speaking to me like towing. What are you doing in that group? Like that's a waste of time, right? Yeah. And then some of some of the people in the group will say, Towing, but you know us. Why don't you tolerate our you know our our so, you know, anger with us, you know, like, I'm like, uh -huh. what's the time for that? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, and one of them, I pulled him and, and, and I had this conversation and I said, you want to do global trade, correct? Yes. He said, yes. I said, all of those things you guys used to do, the world is not going to change for you. Yeah. You have to learn 
how to take advantage of the global market and the global market runs on time. Yeah. So those are, um, that's where I come in to say, I know I, I am an African. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, yeah. what what I know who we are. I know how we yeah. want to do things. Yeah. I know our yeah. culture. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But I've also true been true living outside of um, um, Africa for many years. Yeah. yeah. And seeing yeah. what distinguishes productivity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah. When you talk about productivity, I've worked yeah. in manufacturing for yeah. several years. One of the yeah. top manufacturers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked in a factory where we produce dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, I've worked yeah. on manufacturing systems where we talk about production planning and quality management yeah. and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. And in every minute counts when you run a line. Yes, 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 yes. Every second counts. Quality. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have systems where we, we measure, even when those machines produce things, we, for, we take samples for every maybe 500 or 1,000 piece that the machine produces we always pull samples from the line and we test the dimension yeah, yeah. seeking perfection yeah yeah so, so yeah. that's i'm is coming it, from, i'm coming from that world yes it is very complicated and uh, that's one of the things that um, i knew we would have to address because i come from this uh, area where you know i just talk about you know say students going to africa you know, uh, visitors of different, but here now we're talking about business. And yes. as you say, there needs to be the awareness, for example, that we are involving technology, for example, and uh, flying, say, from one part of the world to another. Mm. And uh, even if we have African time, you know, that, that flight from Lagos to New York is going to leave at a certain time. Wow. So, how do we make these adjustments? And it's going to be the challenge of the future. How to merge the cultural imperatives with the realities of business in a globalized world? That's, global my, challenge. That's my challenge to you. This is a big challenge. Yeah, exactly. And I'll be thinking about it. <laughs> we need to find a way to explain, say, to the Africans. Yeah. I, I think you have a to gift. the Americans too. To the Americans yeah. too. I think you have a gift. You have a gift, and what I'm challenging you, sir, and I know in Africa, if I were in Africa, I wouldn't challenge you. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for, for permitting me. Yeah. Sir, my challenge is not just explaining yeah. how people should engage as it is right now. Exactly. I think the opportunity is how do you shift? That's it. How do you shift yeah. your clients yeah, yeah. towards the ideal? It is very true. It's tough. It's very true. Because we cannot... Ins okay, again, uh, say in my book, I do talk about um, uh, the realities behind the surfaces, you know. You may find this, say, Nigerian business person, say, in New York, you know, but I'm trying to get Americans to know that deep inside, there are some things they might not be saying, you know, say for example, uh, this, this very sophisticated business person from Lagos is in New York at a big international conference and it's time to go for lunch. Mm. Deep inside that Nigerian would want fufu, Ooh. you know? 
Yes. And then in the conference in New York or Chicago, they're going to eat some American food. But inside this person needs food. Oh, that's why. So, so that's why in my conferences, like I also host conferences. Yeah. Before COVID, right? We do it virtual now. Yeah. The night we do a re welcoming reception. Yeah. And all the only thing we serve is Af African delicacies. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you just talked about. It's those kinds of things, and um, um, the point you raise is how do we get ourselves to be comfortable with these necessary changes? Yes. They have to be necessary. And yes. you know, the Americans, but still I would insist this, um, Africans need to be a bit more assertive. You know, mm -hmm. the Americans are very aware that the Japanese do this, they do this, and the, the Americans know if you are doing business in Japan, you have to understand this, you have to do this. You have to... Somehow, we Africans need to be a bit more assertive. We yeah. should not allow them to lecture us, you know, the way they lectured, you know, in the report I was telling you about. Mm. You know, they say we need to you need to create a, a conducive business environment. Mm. It's great in theory as a concept. But beneath it mm. is the idea that business has to be done the American way. Wow. Okay. And yeah. that's what I find problematic. Oh, because wow. when Africans come to America, Americans, of course, are used to the way they do things here. Wow. But that's convenient. You know, that's conducive, you know, the way Americans do their business. But think about the Africans who come now to do business in this country. Uh, are they comfortable with the American way? And Americans are very comfortable with it. And that's what they want to see in Africa. And that's wow. where we have the problem. They tell us to create a conducive business environment. But what I'm reading there is <laughs> they want an American type environment in Africa. Oh gosh, you're going into I don't you're going into different yeah. wow. this is you're, where it gets really interesting in my let, let, let me touch on you've touched so many things that yeah we have you have to come back. You have to come because let me let me just talk about one. Yeah. In in my private conversations with political people and yeah. now I teach I teach them now. Yeah. Even yesterday I, I still had this conversation. You talked about conducive environment and yes, what yes, i yes. what i talked about yesterday was doing big business index on the world bank uh -huh. right so there's a one world bank doing business ease of doing business um ranking that yes, world yes, bank yes, ranks yes. the world this is the phrase they use ease of doing business Thank yes. you. that's the phrase they use yeah so one of the things i also chipped in when i was talking to this person was many african politicians do not know when you travel abroad and you go for all these trainings that are being delivered by these people. They are teaching you how to implement policies that will be favorable to them, not to your really, people. That is my concern. Yeah. Reading beneath the surface, surface. Um, behind the, you know, the, 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 the appearance. Yes. And um, they say these things innocently. Yes. But in their mind, they have this misconception that there is one way of doing business and that's what they call, you know. Uh, and I think, oh gosh, I think us. Yeah. I So this is where my approach to life. I tend not to point fingers. I always, right. I always yeah. myself. Like, yeah. 
how do I see the world? What can I shift? What shifts do I have to bring about for myself? And I think that's what Africans have to do. You cannot change the way of the America. You can't change the way of the world, but you can look within yourself through self-awareness. And, and, and the Indians have done it. You have, you know, you have a whole lot of programs in place for Indians, for example, within uh -huh. the technology space. Yeah. Where when young people come out of university, they immerse them in this cultural experience so mm -hmm. that they can be on, on phone on phone with Americans and, and serve as um, their help desk. Yeah. <clears throat> center. These groups of young people have never left India, yeah. but they are being immersed in American culture. So that yeah. when, when somebody calls from a, a phone company and say, hey, I, is that the customer service? An Indian is responding and saying, yes, how is the weather in California today? Yeah. They've never left, but they've been immersed in culture. And those yeah. are the things, not all Africans need to go in this space. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the context yeah. of the global market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savvy. The other thing I say is, as Africans, this yeah. is, we are, we love simple life. We yeah. don't like complexity. That's it, yeah. But global markets and regional markets is filled with complexity. And... Global trade is a fight, which is what you talked about, assertiveness. Yes, 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 yes. Assertiveness yes. has to come in when you know what is at stake. When you don't know what is at stake, you are, you are giving, you are giving your, your resources for free without any fights. Yes, yes. Think about even the whole thing of slavery. You gave, you gave your people away. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 my challenge to you, sir, to say yeah, you yeah, yeah. know our people. Yeah. Which of our the things we we now call culture, which of those things yes. are not helping us to be successful exactly in doing business? It is very true. And in fact, um, I talk about African culture, but if you examine those dimensions, those elements, you might find some of those are not really useful. Ooh. You might find some, for example, for example, when I talk about um, health issues, mm. uh, I think some of our cultural practices and beliefs, they are not really good from a scientific wow. point of view. Wow. Very, for example, we eat the same food every day. <laughs> I saw that. I food, was laughing. Food, 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 exactly. I'm talking about it to get people to know this is a, a cultural values. Yes, it's food for really right? Every day. Exactly. So it's ugali, 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 matoke, matoke, or fufu, fufu, And if that man, um, that woman who eats fufu in their culture doesn't have fufu on a given day, they say we are starving. Yes! <laughs> That's those yeah. Africans will say we are starving. Yes. We don't have fufu. They may have rice, they may have pizza, they may have everything, but they will say we are starving. Yes. Yes. That's why when you do a, a training or an event for two exactly. and a half days, you've got to serve yeah. them some yeah. either jollof rice. Exactly. Or exactly. You've got to put it in. They cannot go 48 hours without exactly. <laughs> So I'm talking about this is our culture. I don't mean to say it has to be that way, mm. it, it's appropriate, it's good in all respects. No, I'm dealing with culture, and culture can be very irrational, you know, it can be very unhealthy. Mm. You know, cultural aspects can be very unhealthy, but this is the culture. Mm. I just talk about it that way so we get 
to, we understand what we are dealing with. Yes. And has these values. Yes. It's the next level to teach the people, you know, that food for every day might not be good for you. Mm. It will take time. It will take time. And I see a lot of comments I want to bring on, but before I bring on, yeah, I also see there's also an opportunity within your work, sir, for African students coming in um, for, for them to be immersed into in what to expect and how to be successful. So for example, um, coming into graduate school, yeah. I graduated top of my class, first degree mathematics from Nigeria. So my intelligence is not in question, uh -huh. <laughs> okay? But when you come to American system, if you don't speak up in class, because you are being measured differently yes. for your uh, grades, the way you are you win in Africa is not the way you win in America as a That's student. Very true. That's very true. Okay. So if you are not participating in class, if you are not speaking up in class, and you're only writing and doing all the right things, you will, you still fail because a lot of your grade is has, has to do with class participation. That's very true. So that's one. The other thing I see in the corporate world. So that's as a student in the corporate world, a lot of Africans do all the work technical work. We have, we have huge technical competencies. We yes. do all the work, but we don't know how to present our work to take credit for it. So we do the work and hand it over. And then somebody that is smart will go and do the presentation. And that's the person that's that gets true. That's very true. We don't have this awareness factor that what that's it takes to be successful that's in America, yes. not just your talk technical competency, it's yeah. your EQ, it's your emotional, yeah. like it's, it's your networking it's your um communication it's all of those things that education back in africa doesn't emphasize it is very true and um, it's another long story you know the culture <laughs> of the students uh, american kids are taught to be you know vocal outspoken but you know you might have some asian or african students in the class who comes from a culture where you respect your elders mm. And you have a 70 year old professor, and the kid is just 20. For them, the cultural values are you don't challenge the elder. Mm. So you'll find kids in the classroom who are quiet, but they're very smart and they don't get rewarded for class participation. Yes. And the American kid who talks because. And they doesn't know, doesn't have the same technical competency. Respect the elders. So they're the ones who get rewarded for class participation. Yes. And, and then I, I, I laughed. I laughed in one, one of the things you talked about in your book. You talked about a student coming into your class. Oh, I yes. I, <laughs> this one. This I was one. Yeah. Talk about that story. Talk about that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she came to complain about um, the grade, you know, <laughs> uh, or to ask about the grade and um she was looking at me, you know, and I'm an African old man. And I thought this was so impudent, you know, a mere youngster coming to ask for a grade and looking at me like that, or staring at me. Oh. I was so mad. And I talk about how I wished I could be, I, I could <laughs> just I saw, I grab a cane and chase her out of the Yeah, yeah. Those kinds of cultural moments, you know. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, when I read that in your book, I was laughing because I I I could only visualize it. You can visualize it. Can visualize yeah, it, visualize it that if it was in Africa, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Think, there would be a lot of trouble this day. There would be a lot of trouble this day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, let's bring in. We've been having some amazing conversations there. Um <laughs> okay, Alex said. What about the fact that Africans are fond, um, some call it African love the West more than they love themselves. Uh -huh. They are fond of Afri Western culture and people. I believe this affects how Africans in the diaspora will relate with Westerners. So I think what this Alex is saying is um, we've fallen in love with the Western way. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And how that's how is that affecting how we now relate yeah, yeah. and um, ourselves as well? Yeah. How we see ourselves? This is a problem of the colonial legacy. Mm -hmm. The colonizers destroyed us really seriously. Wow. And uh, scholars like Franz Fanon have written about this. And we suffer, you know, these problems. This The damage is there. Mm -hmm. um, we tend to look up to the West, you know, as a model for everything, mm. you know, culture, you know, politics, and the, whatever they do, we consider to be mm, what yeah, we do. Mm. We measure ourselves, mm. you know, by the standards of, you know, the Western world. Wow. And it's a very sad story. Wow. And the sad story, it's a sad story, as I said earlier, Africans need to just go back to the fact that um, we were the, originator, you know, for these things. We were great civilizations. Europeans were actually behind us. Mm. You know? And um, you look at the stories that uh, early European travelers told who traveled in Africa mm. and how much they admired the African mm. cities and networks and social organization. You look at travelers from North Africa Mm. Like even Batuta, who had traveled, you know, in other parts of the world, and then comes to Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, East Africa, places like Kilwa, you know, Mombasa, and they talk about how elaborate, you know, the culture, how elaborate, you know, the social structure, how well planned the cities were, and then colonialism came. Mm. It destroyed all these things. And uh, it destroyed even our mindsets wow. by imposing Western ways, Western standards, and, uh, you know, um, trashing, you mm. know, in ways. That is the problem we are still suffering yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes in many ways, in many ways. Even this topic we are addressing here, the topic of business, is the same thing. We have lost the sense that, you know, we had our own ways of doing business. And we still do. We still do. Well, what I try to talk about, I talk about um, three markets, the local markets, the regional markets, and the global markets. Yes. That's, and I try to tell people, your local market is wherever you are. For us in the US, US is our local market. Yes. Okay? So even within the context of what we are talking about, let's look at cultural differences. When you're dealing in your local market, you're dealing with people who know you and you know them. 
and you there's a level of comfort in your engagement because yeah, true. Is, right true. so if you're dealing and buying and selling in america it's not a big deal you go in you no, buy no, no, right? but i now tell people when you want to go from local market to regional so for us in u.s regional is um u.s canada mexico that is true you now have to cross border transactions for those in africa it's neighboring countries under the EFCFT, it's yeah, neighboring yeah, country. Cool. You now have to infuse what are the cultural differences when you try transacting across borders. Yes. Right? Because the mistake people make is they want to bring the same rules that they use in the local market, uh -huh. they use it in the regional or global, and they fail. Okay, okay, okay. Right? So yeah. there's also then the global market that goes beyond just your region to the rest of the world. So within my own context, I try to help people understand that just because you can trade in Nigeria or Tanzania or yeah. Ghana, yeah. the practices yeah. that you use yeah. to trade, to buy and sell in your local market, you need to up yeah. your game. That is true. We now want to do Tanzania, Ghana, yeah. Tanzania, South Africa, yes. Egypt, Nigeria, Morocco. Uh -huh. You need to respect exactly. what exactly. You're who you're going after. You need to now, and I tell people, now africans need to now start learning yeah because, because there's also side of us that we're very comfortable in our own villages or where we are we don't travel as much as we could be yeah. but in the world that we live in now we need to explore more we need to make more friends we need to yeah. you know we need to network and that's why you know the yeah. network i created right which we're going to extend um mm -hmm. complementary access because we we're talking about that before we came on yeah, i think yeah. my network within the context of what you do yeah, yeah yeah i think they they need to yeah learning learning is, learn. learning is part of it and opening you know our minds and broadening mm -hmm. our horizons to ensure success yeah if we want to trade and trade successfully there is that homework we need to do mm -hmm. i'm getting into a different market now you know what do i need to know about it yes yeah. you know you yeah. use the phrase customer profile. Uh, yes. and, and the customer profile is within the context of one of exactly. my Exactly, the expanding development. Exactly. Because the customer profile, really, when it comes to business modeling, which I also see a lot of us, we don't we don't know those principles and we don't apply it. Yeah. In that context of business modeling, right? Yeah. yeah. Where you know your customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two yeah. things you want to know about those customers. Yeah. Their, their pain points and their their gain, you know, their aspirations. I'll call it aspirations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because whatever service or yeah. product you're trying to sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has to be something that helps them achieve yeah. their aspirations. Yeah. Or something that elevates their current pain. Otherwise, they're not giving you their money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that it's within that context of business modeling because I teach that now yeah. because I see a lot of people yeah. doing yeah. businesses, right? I'm yeah. looking at time. I, I want to bring a few more. Okay. Um, Henry says Africa is not one culture, cultural or psychological construct. Even a single Nigerian presents sometimes marked faces. Yes, it's true. true. Even, even you pick one country. There are yeah. diverse, diverse things going on even within one country. Wow. I'm looking at time now. Yeah. This is such a fascinating yeah. conversation. And I'm super excited that we could even have this. Yeah. Such a frank, open way. Yeah. And I want to encourage people again to go get this book, Africans and Americans Embracing Cultural Differences by Professor Joseph Mbele. 
it's available on Amazon. And um, you know, you, you're also um you also serve as consultants under the Afri Connection. Did I say that well? Yeah, yeah. So, so just say a little bit about what you do in that space. So please. Yes, yes. Um, it started with me um being an advisor for study abroad programs for various American colleges and universities which take students to Africa. So I would give them cultural orientation for years. And then I said, I have this experience and knowledge. Why don't I start a consultancy business? And so I registered it. And so I talked to companies. Uh, I talked to organizations. You know how in America, for example, they deal with diversity issues. Mm -hmm. You have a company, and in that company, you have Egyptians and Mexicans and Americans and Nigerians working. And they need to understand each other's habits and ways of doing things and communication styles for the company to work well. Or it can be a hospital. You have nurses from Jamaica, you have patients from Nigeria, you have doctors from China, those kinds of things. They also need to understand the cultural differences. So under the rubric, under the umbrella of this company, I'm able to actually go talk to organizations talk to you know colleges talk to you know any kind of you know non-profits you know or communities or churches congregations um but um i did not really do much work in terms of you know um uh, the trade aspects that you are dealing with and so as i said i came here to learn because you are so knowledgeable <laughs> I enjoy your lectures, I enjoy your videos, and there's always something. Yes, every day I'm like, I need to share more. Yeah, so I'm trying to bring this dimension into my work. Wow. So I can actually sit in a conference like the ones you run, Trade with Africa conference. Yes. To talk to these people. So I want yes. to know the things you do, and I'm learning a lot. Yes. I want to bring my perspective into yes. You know. Oh wow! And I'm even taking it deeper. I think when we start, we say, "Okay, trade with Africa." I'm taking it deeper now. In fact, one of the um, okay, maybe I'll just share a little bit. Um, one of the up from upcoming um, events, um, and I really think of it as a platform, is Chicago Africa uh -huh. Business Exchange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last, yes, I moved to Chicago about yeah. two years ago. And I've been engaging with um, economic development boards here, Wall Chicago, Wall Business Chicago, like the business, you know, because Chicago has board of trade and all of those things going on. And in our conversations about trade with Africa, like most right. cities in America, they do not prioritize Africa. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So yeah. even within the context of being a global city. Yeah, yeah. Africa doesn't follow in their radar. And the work I've been doing the last two years with them we've been sensitizing and educating and they've also seen the work that we do and now this moment in time they're like towing we have to do something yes we we, we see what you're doing so yeah. partnership with um what business chicago yeah uh, because i i meet with them from time to time we've been building that relationship we decided you know what let's take it to the next level yeah let's look at sectors sectors yeah. where we can we, yeah. where we can engage so let me give you example yeah. entertainment so I was in, just like we're talking now, I was invited to speak at an event with Kenya officials. And one of the people on the show happened to be a government official responsible for the media industry in Kenya. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. And he was saying, oh, Toin, we've been looking at Hollywood, a Nollywood movie coming out of Nigeria. We've been looking at the US. We want to partner with people like Tyler Perry and all of those things. Like we want to go into Hollywood. Da, 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 da. I was like, hmm, have you ever thought about Chicago? And they were like, Chicago? I was like, yeah, Chicago. This is the place that created, you know, the home of Oprah, the mm-hmm. Obama. There's something about Chicago being the third largest city in the US. Yeah. I was like, would you be open to? Yeah. exploring Chicago, even though from an entertainment standpoint, you don't really think about it. And it was like, yes. Yeah. I said, okay. So I called my contact, (laughs) set up a call. I was like, this Africa is looking to, and they were like, yes, 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 come. You can shoot your movie in Chicago. You can, we we have, we have studios, studios in Chicago that actually um, compete with um, Hollywood, but it's less expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. And then even just yesterday, also Nigeria, there's an export board that yeah. they've been exporting talent yeah. when it comes to the creative industry. So yeah. I also pitched it to them. I was like, Tony, we're ready. Tell yeah. us, yeah. tell us what to do. Yeah. Bring our actors yeah. and our directors to yeah. the floor. We could come yeah. shoot things in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everything, I, everything that I do, yeah. yeah comes out of yeah. um i listen a lot that's yeah. what i do i listen a lot before i create platforms yeah and when i create those platforms it's yeah. usually unifying yeah. it's usually specific and targeted so this year the yeah. um, chicago africa business exchange is focused yeah. on entertainment industry yeah. agriculture and trade yeah. and we want to just bring those businesses and yeah. political people together and and yeah. let's just start talking yeah. And what happens? So I'm 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 sitting in between all of those things, and, and you've been you've been such a passionate, such a charismatic, <laughs> such an indefatigable wow. advocate. You know, it's amazing. You are doing amazing work, and oh. I'm telling you, I've become a very diligent follower of oh. everything you do. I'm oh. glad I've discovered the work you do. I'm learning a lot. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. It's it's maybe another story another day, but yes, it's it's me deciding um, that I want the rest of my life not just to be relevant for myself. Yeah, I want to offer my skills, talent, network, yeah, impact my community yeah. as best as I can. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. We really appreciate this. We really oh, thank you so much. Work. No, thank you. And yeah. so expect yeah. from me um, a complimentary access to, uh, I've actually renamed the group from Trade with Africa to Trade yeah. and Investments Facility oh. Network Group. Because what's happening is yeah. everything I've been working on for Africa, uh-huh. cities around the world are telling me they need it as well. Okay, okay. So, so I'm still exploring what that means. Yeah. Yeah. But this is now a, a network for trade and investment dialogue. Wonderful. And people, people are already doing business. They are networking yeah. and doing so. I, I expect from me a yeah. complimentary access Thank to you. that network. And so I want to give you um what are your last messages or parting messages to our viewers? Um and this be I, I see uh-huh. the question. Um okay, it was actually someone saying Joseph Davis was saying, I want the recording of this interview, please. It was like, I want the recording of the interview, please. I have oh, a now. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. So, yes, we'll make the recording available to you. I, the yeah. way you saw that, the way you typed, it was like, please. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you yeah. so much, Joseph. We would yeah. So, Joseph, Mr. Joseph is the honorary counsel for South Africa in oh, okay, somebody okay. need to connect with as well. And we have so many other people on our platform. So that's why I featured him. Okay. Um, he's the honorary council for South uh, Africa. What a pleasure. What a yeah, such a pleasure. So yes, expect access. Yeah. There are so many people on the network that, that needs to hear you speak, sir. Yeah, and yeah. I, I honor you. Thank you. You are elder. Oh, I give you, you honor and I appreciate you for it for showing up. So you, what are your passing words, sir? For I, think we, I think we should just keep learning. And uh, as we have said in this interview, uh, as we move forward in any direction, expanding our horizons, there's a lot of learning we need to do. But uh, as you have always said yourself, the future is bright. Mm. I see optimism in everything you say, and you project that. And our continent needs that. Oh. Our continent needs that. And you have always said, you know, we should move from the mindset of aid to the mindset of uh, to, to to the advocation to the advocacy of trade. And so these are great leaps, and these are very optimistic. Trade, trade, very empowering. Very empowering, yeah. You Very give you upper hand. Yeah. Because when you're bringing value to the marketplace yeah. and yeah. you know your value, then you can command yeah. respect. Yeah. You are a very inspiring figure. Oh, and, uh, we are so proud of you. Oh, really, you. really. Oh. So I would just like more people to come and listen to you, to join your network. And uh, there's a lot to learn from you. And uh, I wonder when you have. When you where you get all the time to learn so much, and the energy. <laughs> yeah. So those are my last words. You are a role model. Oh, thank you, sir. I I I tell you, I sit at the feet of yeah incredible people yeah. around the world. Yeah. I have access yeah. to the most brilliant yeah. minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People that advise presidents. Yeah. I I I I sit down with them. Yeah. I I share with them my 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 challenges. Uh huh. Um. Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. one of them is called Scott Ford. Mm -hmm. Because when you hear other people's stories, it keeps you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ford uh -huh. was the CEO of Altel. Okay, okay, okay. And okay. sold Altel to Verizon for $29 billion. Okay, okay. But Scott took his earnings. Uh-huh. He was in his late 40s. He okay. invested in Rwanda. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've told that story. The, 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 the one who does coffee... Yes, coffee. And I am I told him, Scott, I'm gonna spread your story so far. Yeah. I'm gonna yes. keep talking about you because I have you heard it from you. I've heard yes. it from you. Very inspiring. Scott yeah. now is the single largest private investor in Rwanda, and his work has increased the livelihood of over fifty thousand farmers yes. in Eastern Africa. Yes. Yeah. So I, I I I have access to those people and I hear their story. Yeah. <laughs> Story is inspiring. Even before I resigned from Walmart, I had coffee with him. I was like, Scott, I'm leaving. Okay. He was like, Don't leave, don't you don't leave. Oh, okay, <laughs> he was like, okay. you know, you need to stabilize first before you leave. Yeah. And then after I spoke to him a couple of months later, I was like, No, nah, I've yeah. resigned. He was like, Tony, I told you not. To. But yeah. we talk, we talk, we yeah. talk. Amazing. So that's where inspiration comes yeah. from. Because yeah. I even interviewed three investors such as that, and I have those videos. Okay. And I, okay. I see. And I told them, you guys are more committed to, to Africa than even us Africans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the stories we need to hear. 
you know, to get out of the lethargy, to get out of the, you know, uh, lack of confidence and to just be very optimistic and dynamic and, you know, knowing that we will actually be able to change things. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to send you um, a complimentary invite to the network. And then this Friday, I'm doing a class as well. If you're, if you're able to join us, that, I, it's more of how do you build a globally relevant brand? Yes, 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 yes. Because yes, that's yes. what I have done. Hopefully yeah. people see that with the work that I do, yes. I've strategically positioned it that it's globally relevant. And now I'm saying we need to do more of that. Like brands, whether in Africa or US or wherever, with the COVID-19 disruption to the marketplace, your customers may not be in your city. Uh-huh, yes. Brands may not be in your city. They may not even be in your country. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you engage? And your work, I think, those cultural differences yeah. Yeah. online is yeah. could help us win and help us Absolutely. position to engage better. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much, sir. You have to come back. But I'm looking forward to having you again. Everyone, go check out on Amazon this book, Africans and Americans Embracing Cultural Differences by Professor Joseph Mbella. He's a professor at St. Olaf College. And it's such an honor. We have, I have a few um, announcements I want to make, but I want to thank you, sir. It's an thank honor. I, I really appreciate it. Just say bye to everyone. And then I, I have a few announcements for our next speaker as well. Yeah. God bless you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, see you soon on the network. Thank you. God bless you. Wow, wasn't that amazing? I tell you, there are so many things I wanted to talk about, but gosh, Incredible. Next week, next week, I'm having Mr. Sam Onanda joining us from China. And we're going to be talking about the U.S.-China, China-Africa relationship. Well, with the U.S.-China trade war, where is Africa fitting? How does Africa fit into that conversation? So you don't want, you don't want to miss it. Next week, I'm going to have Mr. Sam Onanda from the, I believe, China Chamber of Commerce and the work that they do to build China-Africa trade. Um, so you don't want to miss it. So tune in next week. So that's the first announcement. Um, as you've heard me talk about China, I'm sorry, Chicago Africa Business Exchange as well. That's coming up very soon in um, second week in March. So you, you can actually register right now. Just go to nazaru.com slash Chicago, N-A-Z-A-R-U.com slash Chicago, and you can access the information. Also, this Friday, I'm teaching a class because of what's my community. I, I, I show up, like last year, I shared that this year, I'm going to be showing up more for my community. And part of the struggle that I see is how you build your business, how you build your brand, whether it's products or services, how do you position it that it becomes globally relevant? where you're able to attract customers, right? You're able to structure it in, in that way. Also, we'll be sharing skills around export development, business development. Like I'm putting, a, I'm packing a lot in that class. And for those members of my trade and investment network, every month, every single month, I'm teaching a class um, and I'm also doing business coaching for them. So there's group coaching. Um, there's also one-on-one -on -one business coaching that I offer. Um, I tell you, for me, the, the last couple of years, to be honest, I, I never really had time for, for this type of engagement. I was so busy building Nazaru, my own business and different things. But with COVID-19, uh, part of what also happened with the shift I had to make was realizing that in order for us to grow the trade number, 
we actually have to coach people to achieving the level of excellence that we are crying out for or at least I'm crying out for. So um, join me this Friday. Um, registration is available on my profile or on um, our trade network, www.nazaro.trade um, as well. So it's been an honor. I see a lot of comments. I'll go ahead and respond after this show, live show. I'll respond to you guys um, individually, but thank you. Um, I also want to thank um, Professor Mbele again, such an honor. We're going to bring him into our network. Definitely we'll have some more other conversations with him because I tell him he has such an amazing, amazing um, you know, skill and information. Even, even for me, right? It's such therapeutic to see another and to hear another leader and an elder tell us that our aspirations are valid, uh, our emotions need to be um um there needs to be space for for who we are as Africans whether in our own community or in the world of trade or in the world of education which is what I really see his work has done to create a space for Africans and Americans to learn each other to know each other and to do business with one another um finally as we're exiting I want to say this show was sponsored by my, my beauty brand, you know, my lipstick, go check it out. I'm going to play a video from, from that. And then that's, that's going to be the end. So thank you again. Go check out Amazon for my lipstick um, brand for, I, I tell you, they are really amazing. Um, just in December, one of my friends who is a guy was like, what should I buy my wife? I was like, come on, buy your wife my set of lipstick. And that was what he stopped. And she, she really loved, loved it. So I've never met a woman that said, I have too much lipsticks. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the lipsticks are made from shea butter coming out of Africa. So it's connecting the value chain as well, which is part of the work that I do. So thank you. It's such an honor. See you again um, next week. Mm -hmm.